Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Robin Big especially, and Fantasy Factory too, but Robin Big was such a phenomenon. Massive. Like when MTV was at the biggest and it was this different thing for MTV. And like, it's so weird to now look back at it and be like, man, I was a part, part of, of something that. crazy. <laughs> What you got there, Mike? This is the occupancy agreement that me and me and Andre were just asked to sign. Uh, I've been here for four yeah. months. Uh, I had to sign mine. I think about six months ago. I don't know. It's a roommate agreement. <laughs> yeah. My lawyers made me do it. It's not my decision. So, it's so respectable. This this number uh, the, this number it. two is is what I really like. <laughs> you you have not granted me a room at this house. You've granted me a revocable, non exclusive license to use on a month by month basis a portion of the property. <laughs> <laughs> Which just uh, it sounds so much more legit than a room. Yeah. Like I'm not your roommate, I'm your irrevocable licensee. <laughs> Incredible. What hey, shout out to Duncan, my lawyer, but Great why, job, Duncan. why you structure it like that? I feel bad. You could have just said room. <laughs> but it doesn't specify which portion of the property. Like technically you could live anywhere. Anywhere I want. You could live in my bathroom. I do and that it, does give us the sometimes. right to kick you out and put you outside too. Hey, yo, by the moment. way. In three days' time. Oh, oh. Owner may terminate this agreement by giving occupant three days. <laughs> Thanks, man. So fucking lenient, dude. What am I going to do in three days, bro? I moved across the country to this shithole. What am I going to do? Go back to Stanford, Connecticut? Three days? Mom, I'm home? Hey, You'll what? figure it out. I have a renter in my fucking condo in Connecticut. What am I going to do, bro? Welcome back to Impulsive, the number one <laughs> podcast in the world. That's a fact, by the way. So if you're not subscribed, yeah. you're good. Hit that subscribe button. We do an audio-only Q&A with the guests after the visual is done for your listening pleasure. Um, yeah, I feel bad about this. Just honestly, though, sign the fucking paper. It's already signed. All right, great. Uh, <laughs> I signed it at Hey Big Mike. <laughs> always plug. This is going to be a good one. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, as always, we appreciate your feedback. So anytime you want to comment or uh, say something below, we do listen. We're feeling like, I'm feeling like we've been on a grind lately. Yeah. And, and we're going to continue that today because we got a dope ass guest as fucking Always. I want to introduce him. Guys, you have seen him before on TV. He is the culmination of forward thinking and awesome shit. It's the founder of Young, Young and Reckless. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Path, a.k.a. Drama. Drama. What an intro, man. Who wrote, did you write that intro? Yeah, I did. Wow. I did, bro. Wow. The culmination of forward thinking and awesome shit. That was very wow. flattering. That was deep. It comes to my I mind. I came in feeling real good. Yeah, I know, bro. You, you look good. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, first time meeting you in person. You got a glow to you. I can feel it. Thank you. Beard is working on my health. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, I was th- super unhealthy for a long time. Smoking cigarettes. Just oh, Ohio. you stopped? Yeah. Stopped. Been working out. Trying to get my life together. Amazing. You just said you just said a, a key word that I liked. I know that. We're Ohio brothers. Ohio Damn. fucking brothers. Yeah. What part of Ohio are you from? Cleveland. Oh, I'm from Akron. That's close. Very That's close. The neighbors. Damn, I thought you guys were from like Columbus or something. Nah, nah, nah. We're like probably grew what what high school did you go to? Coventry. 
I went to Westlake. Yep. I've heard of Coventry. Yep. But yeah, dude, okay. Ohio boy. All right. Here we are. Wait, is sm- was smoking cigarettes like an Ohio thing to do? Yeah, I mean, it's probably <laughs> stereotyping. I probably shouldn't do that. But yeah, like I was just like a skater chain smoking mm. cigarettes and, you know. When did you stop? That shit's hard to quit. I so stopped I a few years, three years ago. And then you, what, ate, ate unhealthy too? You know, eating is like the last and final straw, right? Like I'm decent. True. True. I'm like medium right now. Yep. Um, but I've been working out and, uh, you know, just trying to be like a good function. I'm 32 now. So like you can't be. Wow. 30s club. Go. You, yeah. look, you look young though. Thank you, man. I, I get that a lot too. Thank you. If How old are you? 34, bro. I'm like, yeah, I'm like young signing too. up for Medicare and shit, bro. It's a wrap. <laughs> but it's a great, it's <laughs> That's great. how it feels, right? It's great. Yeah. It's great Medicare. Yeah. He's got an amazing Platinum plan. insurance. If you turn your hat backwards, he's probably shaving another like five years. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah That's yeah. why I do this. They say, are you 24? I'm like, mm, add 10. <laughs> nice try though. You ever, you ever consider going vegan? Spencer's vegan. Me? Yeah. I don't know if I could do it. It's so serious. Are you the only vegan one? Uh, uh, no, he's vegan as well. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm baby stepping. Mm. Like, I don't do like fast food and that stuff anymore, but that's like a big deal for me. You know what I mean? So vegan is like, but I watched that documentary. Which one? What the health? What the health? Yeah. yeah. And like, I kind of got on the bandwagon for a week, you know, of like, this <laughs> is it? terrible. We got to stand up for this. And then like, <laughs> fell apart. It's tough, dude. See, it's a, it's a, it's a send. How long have you been sense. doing it? Uh, three and a half years. Jesus. He, he's so you're in. committed. He's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my, my biggest concern, cause it is, while it is tough to do, my biggest concern was the inconvenience that it, uh, made my life and also my friend's lives. Like, bro, when we're traveling. Oh yeah. yeah how can, do you do that? You like pack little bags or something? Uh, honestly, a lot of it's like, if you're traveling for a long time, you sometimes either just have to fast and not eat. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, you just got to find a vegan restaurant or somebody that just can whip something up. See, my Usually problem you can is, find it, though. My problem is I'm skinny, right? So it's so hard for I me to you. put on weight. Wait, so yeah. as I'm working out, I'm like chugging protein shakes. I'm trying to put on weight. So I can't yeah. fast. You, you got to eat a lot. Like have little snacks. And What about like mass gainer? I did mass gainer in high school. That's what I, I do. Really skinny. Oh, for real? I do. I do two of them a day that are like 700 calories. Oh, shit. Your metabolism must just be like ripping. rocket speed, man. It's and nobody obviously like sympathizes with me, right? Because like, I do. Thank you. I do. Bro. Thank you, man. I'm a tall. I'm a tall, skinny guy too. And <clears throat> I did his vegan diet for <laughs> one month. You're not skinny, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not skinny. I don't think a single person would describe you as, All right, well, as skinny. Not skinny, but I mean like a Slenderman kind of. Yes. <laughs> no, bro. Slenderman. Shut the fuck up, right? Yo. Maybe like a husky man. <laughs> so I did this. I did vegan for one month, dude, and I lost four, four. 45, 50 pounds, I think. Yeah. yeah. It was horrible because I was eating. We just, all we were eating was like Are, Did branches. you miss something, bro? When was this? Uh, last month. You lost 45 to 50 pounds. I think pounds. you said you lost like four to five pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can I just add to, to the fans out there? I didn't bring this conversation up this time. So- just don't oh. hate on me. He, he's mad. That's true. He's mad, Chris, because they call him Soy Boy. I am not mad. The fans do. Does he bring it up a lot? Like, well, if you were vegan, that wouldn't happen. Uh, no, no, not okay, really. Good. No, no, no. Good. I he let does, people embrace yeah. what they want to do. I mean, like, I'll bring it up just because, like, I'm passionate about it. But yeah. at the end of the day, like, You're I'm not, not one, one of the vegans guys. that like judges yeah. and is like, you know, yeah. those are the weigh worst. it down on people. He doesn't. He doesn't judge. But like, I speak my truth. Even when I'm eating meat and he's not judging. 
like to me, he's judging. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it yeah, just yeah. always feels like mm-hmm. I'm yeah. doing something fucked up. Like when I'm cutting into a nice, but that's your juicy own ribeye. Yeah. I know, dude. That's your own conscience. I don't that's think so. Nah. I've, I've been cutting a steak one day, and I just you know took a glance over the shoulder. <laughs> you were 20 feet down the hall, peeking out of corners, <laughs> staring at me like this, like this. Look. Uh, I mean. <laughs> It happens. Man, you have it judgy happens. eyes, maybe. <laughs> he does. So listen, man. Um, obviously, growing up, I watched Robin Big. Yeah. And as everyone, huge fucking fan. Thank you, man. Huge oh, fan. Yeah. Yeah. I got to know, where did the name drama come from? Oh, man, it's a terrible story. Where it came from is when I... So I grew up in Ohio. Um, my cousin, Rob, who was the the genius behind Robin Big, um, I, he, he moved to LA when I was like, I don't know, three years old, right? I didn't really know him growing up. What's the age difference there? 13 years. So he moved out when he was 16. Oh, damn. Okay. And he grew up in Dayton. You know where Dayton is, right? So far away. So I didn't really know him growing up, but we knew, uh, I knew I had this cool skateboarder cousin that lived in California. Mm -hmm. And so when it came time for me to graduate high school, all I wanted to do was move to California, right? So I wrote him this email like, look, man, I'll do anything. I I can film you skating. I can clean your house. I can literally do anything you want. And literally all he wrote back was, Cause and drama. My email address was cause and drama. So all he wrote back was cause and drama. What the hell is this? And I was like, no, no, my only chance. Right. I just blew it. And so, you know, how devastating that is yeah. when you're 18. So, so, uh, when I ended up moving out, he printed out, it was right when MySpace started. He printed out all of my most embarrassing MySpace photos and told everyone that my name was drama and that I was a rapper from Ohio, which yeah. wasn't true and laid them all out on the table and said, everyone, you only talk to him as drama, whatever. Wow. And so everyone just said, drama's here, drama, drama. And I'm like, man. So nobody ever called me that before, but now everyone does. Now my own mom calls me drama. No. You know what I mean? It just took over. Because of your first email address. That was it. So there was no, like, I'm a pretty, like, quiet, like, you know what I mean? I'm not a dramatic dude. At all. (laughs) At all. Yeah. It's it's funny. You're quite the opposite. Yeah. I feel like on the show... You were the one always being dragged into these like shit sure. situations. Yeah. Were, were those reactions real? Yeah. So you know what they would do to me the most? Um, so towards the end, uh, I guess it's been long enough now. I'm not breaking anyone's heart. Towards the end, we kind of had it down. Yeah, right? We yeah, knew yeah, what we were doing. Yeah, we kind of yeah, yeah. were playing our roles. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, what they would do is they would plan all the episodes and everyone would know about it but me. And they purposely wouldn't tell me because uh, they wanted real reactions. Uh, so I would literally go over to his house every day to like do laundry, not knowing what was going to happen. And when it did happen, I, you know, obviously you get the real yeah, reaction. But yeah. literally after like three years, I was like, I can't take this anymore. I know I can act. Just tell me what's going on. I cannot really? live like this. Really? Yeah, I'm like, come on. Wow. But they would tell me the big stuff. Like there was a real famous episode where they shaved my head like an old man yeah. for my 21st yeah. birthday. <laughs> and that one, obviously, they're like, hey, we want to do this. Would you be down to do it? And I was like, ah, that's so funny. Like, yeah. I'll Did do you it. say 21st birthday? Yeah. It was that long ago. Oh, yeah, yes. Dude. Yes. Yeah. That's that was wild. 11 years ago that's that episode. Freaking wild. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Dude, honestly, the reason I'm in this house is because of that show. Really? Hell yeah. How? Like, what do you mean? Just watching that woke something up in me where it's like, that's mm. possible. <laughs> like, just being with your homies in a mansion in LA, like, that, it, growing up in Michigan, that's like a, yeah. you know, that's not in your reality. Yeah, you guys remind me of, like, the modern day version of that, right? Even yeah. down to the love sacks, right? I, I mentioned it, you didn't, but you, when you, all the love sacks, we used to have that at the house, right? Yeah. And, like, it just reminds me, like, making use of the garage like it, that's how it felt you well know? the the jokes still go on when i moved in here four months ago everybody knew about this little joke that was about to happen when i went to move my bags into my bedroom yeah my or my irrevocable uh whatever it's called <laughs> this fucking contract, <laughs> contract. <clears throat> i walked in i put my bags down and they had put a 
10 foot alligator in my fucking bed, dude. Yeah. And I, and I, like did, an alive alligator? Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, yeah, listen, hey. And I did not know it was real or fake. And then its eyes started doing that thing where it like rolls a little bit. And he started, <laughs> I think, kind of growling at me. You got to keep your head on a swivel in this house for sure. Yeah, That's a big dude. fact. You, gotta, you, you, you gotta haven't even seen looking. the whole house, man. No. It's like people are like, yo, this is like the modern day fantasy factory. Fantasy factory yeah, yeah, I'd love to see it. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of scared now, but I'd love to. Uh, you, you, fuck, I should have I should have planned something. <laughs> no, he's yeah, probably half flashback. Yeah, I know. We're no, giving you PTSD. Not again. Do you have like a crazy sixth sense now because of everything you've been through? Like, do you feel if something's about <laughs> like to for happen? danger? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I do. I, it wasn't. This is the thing. Like, because a lot of our ex executive producers were the guys from jackass yeah. right oh jesus and, that's terrifying yeah and those guys were like scary who's it like tremaine and shit jeff tremaine yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> so but you know it was never like anytime it was too scary or embarrassing they would tell me it's only when it was like yo drama's gonna come in here and we're gonna try to like put hooks in his belt loops and hang him to the back wall you know what i mean like yeah. that would just happen they would just grab me and i'd be like oh man all right yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. it was never too tragic. When you were hanging from the wall from little hooks, yeah. did anyone in that house ever think that you were going to be a bona fide business mogul? Like, be honest <laughs> with me, bro, because when I watch that show, dude, like, that's you. What? You're the guy hanging from hooks now. Who's now going to start so a business. business. Ah, there you You're go. our yeah. drama. Yeah, potentially. Oh, there my God. Go, but right? honestly, yeah. but honestly, like. That was not what I th thought. Was yeah. it, like I didn't know it was gonna happen, right? Mm -hmm. But like you literally have now gone and and started a a clothing company, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now are talking to other moguls and other business people on a podcast. So how yeah. how did all that start? Yeah, I don't. To answer your first question, like I don't. You know, I talk with Rob about it now because obviously we're super close. You know, he's like my brother. And and I do think he's a little surprised, you know, because I was just such like the awkward kid from Ohio that didn't know which way was up. You know what I mean? Um, but at the same time, I think that I always outside of the show, like persona, I was always really focused and like paying attention more than anything. Like I was I was learning. I was trying to learn. I wanted all that I wanted out of life was to have a decently successful life in Los Angeles. That was my dream come true. So I was ready to work. I was paying attention. I was doing all that. So yes and no on the like surprise level. I wasn't as dumb as I looked on TV. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then as far as how it happened, I mean, the short version of it is I just, I had a lot of great people around me. I asked a lot of questions. I explored constantly different professions and different ideas. And, you know, for me, I always had that thing in the back of my head that if I don't figure it out, I'm going, I have to move back to Ohio. And well, at least we make this joke, joke all oh, the time, okay, thank you. every day. And bro. I still, that's more what I'm traumatized from. I still will have yeah. a bad day at the office and be like, oh my God. Yeah. I have to go back to Akron. Am I going to move to? Views are down. <laughs> We're going, going back to Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Do you look at it as a, as like a, an acceptable thing? Cause, cause no. he, okay. Cause when he says it, it's not always like such a bad thing. Like, well, I think like, I mean, I love Ohio. I could I live in a, in a tree if I needed to. <laughs> That's how I, I grew love up. Ohio, but like, I'm just saying, and for some people, Ohio is heaven and, and, and God bless them. For me, I've seen LA. I've just seen, like, I'm so addicted to like the opportunity here and the people, you know, there's people like you guys, there's not people like you guys in Ohio, right? right. Um, there's people, oh, everyone's so hungry. Everyone's trying to figure something out. Like, 
it's summer all year round. Yeah, <laughs> Except for right now. That's right now, but, yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I don't know. It, it would be really, really rough. So that's kind of always the like battery in my back is I don't have a safety net, right? I don't have, I couldn't, even though contrary to popular belief, I don't I don't think I could call Rob and be like, hey man, will you just kind of cover my bills? I'm like, you know, he'd be like, go back to Ohio, figure it out. Dude. Like I'm not <laughs> yeah, your dad. Yeah. Well, I don't think you need right? to now though. Well, no, now we're good. But that was like the, that was my fuel, right? right so. Right, right. So my thing, yeah, I just I I just talked to everyone. I explored everything. I tried a bunch of stuff. A lot of my stuff failed. You know, we tried a bunch of businesses and a bunch of stuff. Young and Reckless was the perfect, perfectly in alignment with our fans, perfectly something I was passionate about. Um, it just Timely, worked. relevant, yeah. like the messaging was always right at the right place at the right time. Yeah, and has been able to, you know, my <clears throat> biggest thing was I didn't, my worst fear was that it would be, my merch, right? Because I didn't look at myself as like a celebrity or somebody that could really scale my, I, I don't think I'm an entertainer, right? I just, I wanted to be a business owner. So what I did was I went out and tried to do deals and, you know, I had stuff all over the Vine stars yep. when they were first going. I was super hard on that. I have a, I have a story about that. I'll let you continue. <laughs> so, so I went super hard on that so that it wouldn't be limited to my thing. And now the brand is 10 years old. 2018 was our biggest year we've ever had Crazy. after a slight dip with um, retail running into so much trouble. But it's been able to last and survive, I think, because the idea just hit, you know. Was, how, did, how did you come up with Young and Reckless? You know what it was is when I, how old are you? Uh, 23. Okay. So I don't know if you, this might be before you, but when I was in high school in Ohio, one of the big brands was famous stars and straps, yeah. Travis mm. Barker's brand. Yeah, it was that F, F with the star mm. in it. Mm -hmm. And I would see kids walking around my school with their shirt would say famous or their MySpace page would say, don't hate me cause I'm famous and have like the famous <laughs> F. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, even though these kids suck, this is, <laughs> this, this is what I want. When it came time for me to make a brand, I'm like, I want something that means something. I don't just want to call it like, you know, whatever clothing and try to make people believe it's amazing. I wanted people to really feel like inspired and empowered when they put on the shirt. And so Young and Reckless is what I came up with. The first name that I ever had was Vanity. Thank God. Thank dude. God. Thank God. That bro. better ideas Ended up prevail, being a right? nightclub at the Hard Rock <laughs> in Vegas. Thank you so much. So, <laughs> so yeah, it just progressed and, and Young and Reckless was the uh, was the one that stuck. Damn, that's awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, just hearing you talk, I'm seeing a lot of simil similarities with, with Maverick and the, this brand that I've built is because yeah. I had the same thought. It's like uh, I didn't want to make Logan Paul merch. Yep. That was my biggest fear. Like I don't really give a fuck about pe people wearing a shirt with my face on it. Yeah. Um, the lines have kind of blurred because I refer to it as Maverick merch because yeah. I don't. So kudos to you, bro, because it's it is not fucking hard yeah. to to build a brand. Yeah. Not easy, you man. Yeah. Not, wow, thank <laughs> you. No, no, no it's, it's super it's, easy. It's so not easy. Anybody can do what you're doing. <laughs> what he's saying is, I don't even know why you're here. Because yeah, like, this is really easy. Yeah, we just kind of came to that conclusion. <laughs> Friday, Friday vibes, man. It's he's Friday, bro. He's getting into the weekend mode. He's good. He's but let me good. tell you one more thing that is just a thought of mine is I think that when I started Young and Reckless, merch wasn't cool. Right. Mm. What was cool was like these big brands that maybe you kind of knew the owner, but you didn't maybe like Tommy Hilfiger. You knew you were glad he was there because yeah. you trusted this old guy knows what he's doing. But it wasn't like you didn't follow him on social media. You What you guys did is when you came in, you really made merch the thing. And then all of these big companies started being like, how do we connect with our consumer mm. like these people selling merch are? Right. Now yeah. we have no connection. Now we're too big and too mysterious and too weird. So I don't think I think you came in at a different time and you did the right thing for your time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but I mean, beyond just <clears throat> creating a cool, like wearable brand, something that empowers your consumers when they when they put it on, mm -hmm. you've been able to stay relevant 
for more than, you know, three to five years so yep. far. So good. Yep. And part of the reason is because I think you've um, innovated marketing. Yeah. Like you said, when you reach out to the Vine stars, yeah. hey, I was one of those people. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because, man, Young and Reckless reached out to me. They're like, yo, we'll hook you up with free gear. And I'm like, free clothes. Amazing. Yeah. Still living in Ohio, by the way. So yeah. I didn't have to pay for clothes. I was like, amazing. Put on a T-shirt. Now I'm like a walking advertisement yeah. for, for the company. And then yeah. you guys invited me out here. I went to the the little uh, showroom. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They hooked it up. I was like, man, this company is great. <laughs> but now, bro, these influencers are getting smarter, bro. Yeah, yeah. They won't do it. They yeah. won't do it. it. Just if you give them clothes, like few of them will, will wear it. Yeah. So how have you went from that to the type of marketing that you're doing now? Because you just, you said 2018 has been your biggest year. You're yeah. still doing something right. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is like, you used to just be, so the old streetwear model used to be just gift, just send boxes. And back in the day, it was like, hopefully 50 Cent wears it on TRL, mm -hmm. right? That'll make our brand. And everyone was just kind of hoping for luck. And then in like the early influencer days, the same thing was kind of happening. Just blanket stuff, build relationships, um, make them like you, like you have to like us, put on our shirt, wear our stuff, and, and eventually enough of it will get out. Now I think, number one, you got to pay at a certain point, right? The free game is kind of over. Mm. Influencers are a legitimate business. It's a legitimate marketing lane. It's yeah. not some joke anymore. And so you have to be willing to pay. Second to that, I think that you can't just pay and blanket everyone anymore. You have to be in incorporating brand. You have to find influencers that really match your brand and yeah. what it stands for. And do people even look to them for how to dress? Like you can, yeah. you can have someone wear your shirt all day long, but if no kid is waking up in the morning and saying, I want to look like so-and-so, it's then not really going to be worth yeah. anything. So yeah. it's finding the right. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. People, it's finding out how to build a brand through influencers, not just get your logo out there and be willing to pay a little bit. It's, it's funny you say that because <clears throat> there's maybe one brand that still doesn't have to pay. Mm -hmm. And so I've, we've, we've had such success with our influencer program and, and, and using just product. Obviously it's not t-shirts, it's 16, $1,700 sacks mm -hmm. and sectionals couches. Um, but what have you, what else have you done to, um, to market the brand as of recently? Are you seeing successes, uh, from a, from a media buying standpoint, or you guys are, yeah. I'm sure, buying a ton of media, right? Yeah. And also, to your point, real quick, for anyone out there starting a business, I'm talking about specifically apparel, which is like the most competitive, come and go, trend driven business there is. Yeah. If you are smart enough to create a business where, of course, everyone would love a free, massive beanbag in their house, right? Mm -hmm. You can get around some of that stuff. Yep. And I think that's something interesting to think about when you're starting a business for the first time is like, is this going to be easy or difficult on me? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, as far as what we're doing, we see a lot of success with influencers still, like I said, um, still like brand partnerships with bigger celebrities and stuff like that. Like we did a project with 21 Savage not too long ago, and that did really, really well. Yeah. Um, Do you we guys sell clothes in London? Uh, not in a big, <laughs> he's, he's, he's back home. All right. I just, okay. He's back I home. Forgot, just curious. I forgot just curious. that was a setup. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That's messed up. Yeah. That's messed uh, up. No, but he's, he's home. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's home. He's good. Yeah. yeah for he's for released now. on bail. Yep. 
Uh, is it bail? Is that no? That's not what it's called. I right? think bond. I think it's just bond. 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 Yeah. You were you were bringing up um, how the apparel industry is so competitive. What are your thoughts on the Gucci controversy? If you have any, Ooh, I think it's really really uh, stupid on Gucci's part, man. And I think that for the longest time big brands like that didn't have to worry about little mistakes because yeah. all you had to do was convince the tabloids not or the massive magazines not to run articles about your company being racist. Now social media can take it and run with it yeah. and you can be evil before you wake up in the morning. And so I think that like these brands have to be ultra, ultra careful <laughs> of everything they do. And I don't understand how something like that gets through. I'm the first guy to be like, oh, it was probably just a mistake. Like they didn't mean that, but that's like but pretty think about we, thought, we thought the same thing. That was, that one was a, there is no mistake. Think, there. No, like, I tried to find a way to be like, oh no, that's that not was that. bad. Yeah. But it's bad. And you just can't, you just can't be an idiot anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause Logan can post about it and your whole brand is hated overnight because you don't, you can't control media anymore. You know what I mean? And how, do you think they can, re uh, how do you think they'll recover? What do you think is, who I don't know, today? man, it's tough. I, I think that, you know, Gucci has been around for so long and they're such a part of like a bigger conglomerate of brands. Like I would be surprised if I'm not saying what's right or wrong, but I would be surprised if they went out of business. I just think they have a lot of work to do. What's you, you think they took a real hit? Sorry. No, I was, I was going to ask hit. the same question. What's what's happened to the stock since since it happened? Because here, here's here's my thought on it. You'll, you'll see them start to take a hit in the rap community and the urban community. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Gucci has quite a base of rich white women and men yeah. in other countries that are buying their product. The majority of their buyers are not Lil Pump and, and whoever. Yep. And so... I mean, how much has it really affected their their stock? And and if so, like how short term is that effect? Yeah. So their stock, I'm not I'm not clear on what it's doing. But one thing that I will say that you can't discount is rap is the biggest genre of music 100%. in the world right now. So those yep. are rock stars now. Yep. And the same way that Louis Vuitton just had Virgil design their whole men's line, streetwear and urban is king. So if Louis Vuitton is saying, hey, we need Virgil, obviously it's kind of starting now at urban and trickling down yep. all the weird, rich, old, whatever people are trying to dress like streetwear people Did, is what must be happening. So my point is, I think it's easy to be like, oh, but that's just the urban community. I think the urban community runs stuff and Gucci might not realize how powerful that urban community is. And they could they could have made a bigger mistake than they thought they did. Yeah, that's that's true. Did you see what um, Virgil did <clears throat> after Louis? He worked with Ikea. Yeah. So Ikea spent God knows how much money on him to design rugs, yeah. off-white rugs that say, what is it like, do not stand or stand here yeah. or something on them. And uh, He's you're it. absolutely right, dude. I mean, I mean, the, the rap culture controls everything. Right fashion. Now. Fashion. You I mean, know, a lot like, of things. A lot like, of things, yeah. Yeah, streetwear and like New York Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week looks like what magic trade show streetwear used to look like, yeah. right? Like Fairfax has sort of evolved into this blend of luxury and streetwear and that's running fashion. And so I think Gucci made the worst mistake at the worst time. They're going to pay for it big time, you know? Yeah. And, and another question I have too on that is like, like you said, how, like you saw it happen with them. You saw it happen with H and M last year. Remember with the, the H and M yeah. situation. Yeah. And I, and I think about it like with us and a brand like you, and I don't know what your, what your annual rev looks like, but I mean, we have layers and layers of review process on every piece of content and media that goes out. And yeah. you look at a brand like Gucci, that's publicly traded globally, you know, in global retail, 
where were the where were the people that were like, yo, this is, yeah. can't happen? Yeah, I it's, do not it's know. It's mind blowing. I do not know, and I feel like they're probably asking themselves the same question right now, right? Somebody's somebody's fired, obviously. <sighs> I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> this might get cut, <clears throat> but but I want I want to suggest it and maybe answer the question. Sure. Um, I would be interested to see what Gucci's review team looks like diversity wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they have an African American on that team? I would I would assume yes. So, sometimes maybe, so, maybe I'm incorrect, but sometimes in those situations you end up with a team that potentially has, uh, for example, with with this Gucci thing, has an African American on the team, but they are a junior associate that's a that's scared to step up to a yeah. brand director or a VP of or, brand. Or when they do step up, it's like go, okay, go back. Stay to back your, in your yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that definitely yeah. one of those two scenarios definitely happened. Either someone yeah. saw it and was afraid to step up, or um, or they got told to be quiet. But if yeah. I'm not mistaken, I don't want to have f- fake news here, but Dapper Dan, right, who's like uh, um, really well known in the hip hop community, um, I believe has a creative job at Gucci, who's a black guy. Yeah. And so I don't know whether he didn't stop it. I'm not sure what happened. I but just, they do I'd have. I assume he didn't, didn't see it. Because think about like the amount of stuff that is happening in a brand that size, I would, you know, it'd be hard to pin it on one person. I could be wrong, yep. but I mean. Yeah, you just got to be careful, man. And yeah. the, the, the moral of the story is you can't do any dumb stuff. And that's getting harder and harder. Yeah, That's getting so hard from a, from uh, both from a, a sensitivity standpoint, which yeah. we've dealt with, but also from a, uh, like, ultra transparency standpoint. Every yeah. brand is, is people demand transparency nowadays. And yeah. if you don't give it to them, they're going to get it through their own means anyways, through yeah. a mistake that you make or through your financials or something. Everything is wide open and shareable nowadays. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, it's scary. It is. Yeah. There's almost no way to be a hundred percent. There's just, there's almost no way because you're always going to somehow offend somebody. And this is not discounting what happened at Gucci because that was horrible, but yeah. it's just really tough right now. Yeah. And also I think one of the things that's happening with this new trend is like, we're not necessarily weighing the offense, right? We're just, it's like you're canceled. You know, if it's small or if it's massive, like you're just canceled. Like we're not, there's no due process. There's no like judge or jury. It's just like small thing, massive thing, canceled. Don't care. You know, and it's it's interesting. We talk about that all the time. And I'm not sure, man, now that everyone has a voice on social media and Gucci sales are dictated by the people using social media, as much as I would like to think the cancel culture will get a right to do process uh, function, man, I, I'm just not sure yeah. it'll ever be that. Like, at what point will people start to really absorb a situation and come to a conclusion, a reasonable conclusion, yeah. rather than just hopping on a train because everyone else is doing it? Like, it's tough, man. It, this is the only time in my life that I've ever, and I'm the oldest, obviously, that I've ever been, uh, <laughs> meaning like the wisest, right? And it's the only time I've ever felt like I can't tell you. I have no idea where this is going. Yeah. Like it's it's a little insane. And just the way that the news works and the way obviously what's going on in politics and everything, it's just constant like explosions of crazy hysteria every day. And I, I don't know, I don't know whether eventually it kind of balances out or is there some negative reaction of all this stuff or I don't know. As someone, yeah. as someone who's so, who's been involved in pop culture for so long, mm-hmm. um, do you see the need for some, like you look back at generations before us and there's some movement that takes place. Do you see a need for that w- within our With generation? This? 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, there's a million movements going on, right? Yeah. It's like, do you want a movement to say stop the movements? Yeah. It's like kind of, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's interesting. And stop I think, like. Would that I, be so called ironic. like a, a, what would a non-moving movement be called? Yeah, like standstill. Standstill. Stand yeah. stand we need a standstill. Uh, we all just Donald need to chill. Trump's chill out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, we had a good 35 days of standstill. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. I think that to every... Everything that happens, the pendulum always swings the other way. Yeah. Um, and there is definitely undeniably, I'm not saying what's right and what's wrong, but there is a culture right now of outrage and of tearing people down and instantly canceling people with no uh, process. Like I said, and and I don't know what the other side of that is. Right? Do we, it's going to swing somewhere. It's not going to, it's not just going to be this forever. It's going to evolve. I just, I don't know where. And and what should I, I as far as what should happen or like the standstill, I I don't know. I, I'm not in the position to say that, but but I just wish we would get back to like the le- the law and the legal process is set up a certain way for a reason, right? There's a tr- there's a jury and there's a trial and there's a judge and there's penalties and it's not just it's like as if everyone was just sentenced to the death penalty. You know what I mean? Like no matter what, uh, you cross the jaywalk, death penalty. Murder a person, death penalty. Uh, speeding ticket, death, death penalty. penalty. It's like there's not like there's no process. I, I don't know, but the, it'll the, go somewhere. It, it it always works itself out in, in a positive way. Usually, the, usually always <laughs> sometimes. The other, sometimes. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I, I think what needs what probably needs to happen, and the first thing that people need to start thinking about is is a return of what we used to call honest mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think nowadays everyone online or, or behind a keyboard or whatever feels that there is some level of malice Mm -hmm. behind every mistake that's made. And so, and so they say, okay, Gucci did this. Gucci is racist. Mm -hmm. Uh, H and M did this. H and M is racist. Like it's like you said, it's just like, okay, we got a mistake here. Drop the ax on. Yeah. And Unfortunately, that's not how it fucking works. Yeah. Like people make honest mistakes. Things get overlooked. People come into work hungover and they don't do what they were supposed to do that day in the review. Somebody's wife cheated on him and he's having a bad day and he, he makes a mistake writing something. Yeah. And then, and, and so I think what's happened is you've got this mob of angry shark malice people mm-hmm. that are just trying to put a, a, a malignant intent behind yeah. every single little mistake that fucking happens. And that's what I was going to say is we forgot intention. We forgot intention. It's like, literally, if you say something crazy to someone and they're like, yo, man, what was that? And you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that. I'm sorry. You clear that up. Right. We forgot giving any value to intention and what people meant when they, you know what I'm saying? And I think it's just like, oh, I, I, I took a line out of this thing. Context. And like dead. Yeah. Out of here. You know, and some people are really wrong. That's the problem because there's so much good in this too. Like so many people are being exposed, like Harvey Weinstein, right? Wrong. That is, it's good that that got exposed. It's good that those people had a voice. It's good that that started a movement, right? No denying that, but it shouldn't be lumped in with any offense, you know, is all I'm saying. Yep. 
Yeah. Cancel it's, culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's, it's also, it's funny because it's like, it's like everything's moving in the same direction. Like all the things that come out of context, like you look even like at text messaging. Yeah. It's, it's all going that way. Like you somebody I, says you know something I'm, to you yeah. and you read it a certain way. And like you said, the intention's missing. Like they say, I could tell people go fuck themselves in the most loving way ever, but yeah. somebody that doesn't know me might read it out of context. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 100%. And so it's like, it's just the way the world has started to work, you know? I get it. I feel bad for what's going on because I do honestly still believe at the end of the day, everyone has the best intentions, right? Everyone wants everyone to get along. Everyone wants to be happy, healthy, love each other. Like not on some hippie stuff, but I do believe that. And I think that there's just this moment happening of everyone being like yelling at each other, screaming, oh, this is all crazy. So I'm going to go be crazy. And and that's not a healthy way to live. Right. So that's why I think it does come to an end because nobody enjoys this. Nobody. The accusers don't enjoy it, uh, and the accused don't enjoy it. Uh, I'm telling you, man. I have a, I, I believe the accusers love it. Some, some. They so. love ruminating in some of them, some of them, some of them sometimes. But man, boy, is it fun, fun to hate sometimes, man. Like, not me, yeah, but, but you don't hate mm. from a happy place ever, right? You just yeah. never do. Yeah, but you know how many people aren't happy. But that's what I'm saying. So no one's happy so in the, in the equation, right? So the accusers... I don't want to say that. I want to be super careful, careful. here. But <laughs> what I'm saying is the people that are constantly outraged aren't in a good place, right? Like that's not a good feeling. No matter what the offense is, that's not a good place mm, to okay, be. Okay, I see what you're saying. The, okay. the ones that are being accused or that are guilty are obviously not in a good place. No one's in a good place What's in this saying? scenario. What's the saying? Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, yeah. hurt people, right? yeah. yeah. But it's a messy one, man. I I think I think a big, uh, a big contributor to it all is you have this shift of generational, like like how content's being consumed. You have uh, all the major news networks, all these major stations are owned by like six companies. Mm. And now you have that uh, influence being transitioned over to people who just start YouTube channels mm. or who, like yourself who start companies. Mm-hmm. I feel like a huge thing. It's like a shift. rat race. Yeah. Did y'all ever have uh, an issue with anything or has it been? No. Clean. Is this wood? Huh. No. Uh, I, <laughs> I think this is wood back here. Uh, Good for you. Hey, maybe it's possible to be perfect, bro. No, no. Far from. We've had our own issues, right? But yeah, uh, yeah. but nev- never. I've been super duper careful. And well, I mean, the we, first thing that comes to my mind is like your brand is called Young and Reckless. Yeah. No kid has ever taken that too far. Well, not. In the name of the brand. Yeah, not on my, you know, but we've also been careful of that. Like we are very careful with what we say. Like we know we can't encourage people to go jump off your house, right? Like we just, we know that that's a risky thing, right? And even I think for me, to be honest, I learned that lesson pretty early because when we were starting our TV show, like I said, our executive producers were the guys from Jackass and MTV had been in some legal trouble because kids were hurting themselves trying to emulate Jackass. Hell yeah. Is that when they put the disclaimer yeah. at the beginning yeah. with Johnny Knoxville telling you train professionals? I believe were, that's where it started, uh, but gotcha. it was super serious. So anything on our show that you could directly like copy, hmm. we couldn't do. It had to be so outlandish that you couldn't copy it. That's literally YouTube yeah. just laid that hammer down. Really? In, Community guidelines. In yeah. that um, anything that is easily recreatable. Yep. If it's dangerous and it happens in your content, if it's easily recreatable and anyone can do it at home, yeah. that will get flagged and possibly removed, demonetized, whatever the consequences are. Yeah. But, okay, so then what, uh, if, excuse my ignorance, but then what, uh, in your mind, young and reckless, what what's the meaning behind that? Yeah, so that's what I was going to say too. Like I really try, when I created it, I created it for people that 
were like me or like what was pumping me up, right? And yeah. that's leaving your small town, not going to college when your parents say you shouldn't, going out there and disregarding what people say you should do to live the life you want to live, whatever that is. It doesn't matter if you want to go travel the world, you want to start a company, you want to be a daredevil, whatever you want to do. It's that, it's that feeling that I think I try to to promote, right? And that's the type of people I talk to on my podcast. And that's the type of, you know what I mean? Like I really want, I want people to come up to me and say, look, I dropped out of college and started my business because of you. And this year we're doing $5 million in revenue. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Cause that's yeah. how I felt. Yeah. I felt like moving to LA, listening to people, I wanted to work at a skate shop and live in a one bedroom apartment. Like my life is a dream. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? So I think if I can pass that on some way and all I did was paid attention and listen to people and ask advice, I didn't go to college. Um, I think if I can pass that on to people, that's the goal, you know, and if they're wearing a young and reckless <clears throat> shirt while they're doing it. <laughs> great. Uh, perfect. perfect. <laughs> so how do you keep those ideals? Because it's very easy to get lost in the sauce when you come to LA mm-hmm. and you're on a TV show yeah. and you have a multi-million dollar apparel company. Yeah. How do you keep the thought in the back of your mind? Like if this doesn't go right and I need to keep this grind up, I'm going back to Ohio yeah. versus forgetting about it, which a lot of people did. Yeah. So I think that I, you know, when, when Robin big, our first show really took off, I was 19 and I got exposed to a lot of like Hollywood stuff pretty early. And I think I just recognized pretty early that it never led anywhere good. You know what I mean? Like I saw people up all night doing drugs and worrying too much about girls and all this stuff and taking themselves too serious and wanting to be the coolest guy at the club instead of a guy with a good idea in a in an office, right? And yeah. and I think that I just never, luckily, I never looked up to the cool partiers. I never looked up to the coolest guy at the club. I always looked up to the people with cool ideas that created something. And I knew that was a trap. And I think, you know, I've had my, I've had my fun. I've had my moments, but I never got sucked into it. And and I always had that, you know, move back to Ohio in my head. So I was like, well, I can party my way right back to Ohio. (laughs) They got, they got good parties in Ohio. Come on, man. They do, but they're not the same. (laughs) What do they got going on in Akron? They're not the same. The Akron parties aren't even like the Cleveland parties. No, (laughs) No. that's a, Man, that's that's cool. I uh, I also don't I look up to um, the party goers, etc. But part of the reason I do like to have fun and party is because I a I believe life is about balance, like work hard, play mm-hmm. hard type mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But also, like, man, that's where I draw a lot of my inspiration from. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I get a lot of ideas for, um, like for example, us opening the podcast, talking about X Y Z, um, seeing the culture of LA because a lot of people don't have that inherent thought that you said you have is luckily yeah. you look up to business businessmen yep. um, and people who want to want to create stuff. Yeah. I, I, th- I don't think that the party culture in LA or, or what's going on at Hyde or Warwick will ever drive strategy behind a brand, but I will tell you it drives a lot of fucking content. Dude. <laughs> and, and, and let me tell you this because you know don't get me wrong. A yeah. big part of having a clothing company that's doing well is big parties. We still do For big sure. parties yeah. at the big clubs. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I still go out, still drink, still have a great time. It's when you start to base your like self-worth on how you are at Hyde yeah. or One Oak, yeah. that's when you see people start to fall off, right? They're more worried about, do they have enough girls there? Do they have this? Are they cool enough? Do they have bottles, a table? You start to put your value more in those things and not on what you're actually creating. That's when you get screwed. Yeah. A lot of successful people party really hard. It's not that. It's just, you got to f- be careful where you put your yeah. value. Plus, once you jump it up past alcohol, I feel like that's when it... It turns up real quick. It turns up real quick. Yeah, you guys, you guys at the end of the day are tame. I am now. 
because I was forced to be. At you know end, what I'm saying? At now. the end of the day, you're pretty tame compared to the LA culture out here. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. For sure. So yeah. you guys aren't lost. He's referring to drugs. We don't do drugs. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, yeah, drugs is never. That's where it all goes bad. Yeah. yeah. Pull the plug on the Don't drugs. do drugs, kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have to ask, when you pitched the, this idea of the clothing line, uh, did you pitch it to Rob? Did you pitch it to MTV? Were they like, wow, we want to put our hands in the sand with you? Yeah. Uh, so the way it worked is I uh, I came up with the idea. I knew this was my moment to launch it. It was right when Fantasy Factory was launching yeah. and not uh, Robin Big. And, you know, it was Rob and Big Black were the stars of Robin Big. Big Black moved to Texas to raise his newborn daughter when Fantasy Factory started. So it was me and Rob. So I was like, this is my chance, right? I could never get a sponsorship or anything like that on Robin Big. I wasn't a big enough character. So I came up with the idea, young and reckless. Of course, the first person I went to was Rob. And I'm like, hey, man, I got this thing. And, you know, the short version of what he said was like, all right, we'll go do it. Like, I don't have time to like, what do you want me to do? Like launch a brand for you? And I'm like, and I was devastated. I really was. Cause yeah. I was like, man, like I thought you were the key to success, yeah. you know? Dude, uh, Rob's intense. I is. actually when had a works, moment with him yeah. that was similar. Like, you did? I, yeah. You I wanted to get him, him in my, line? no, no, no. I wanted to get him in my documentary about education. And somehow I ended up at his house. Um, and I remember I asked him cause I, I got invited to a meeting and I asked him as we were leaving and he's like, no, no, I don't really want to be in that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more involved in, I'm, I, I'm, you know, more focused on building businesses. Yeah. And it was just like, it's that thing. He does that really that, well. Like, no, yeah. mm. nope. But also, no, thanks. Nope. That's dope, dude. It's dope. It is to just be direct. He's wasting yeah. no one's yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He means well, he really does. But, yeah. but I think when you get to like, when you get to his level of, of like doing it, you don't have time for anything. You don't yeah, like he's that. He's always you been that yeah, way yeah. before. Even when he was a pro skateboarder, he just says what he means, you know, which is in the end, a good thing. It's just that if you don't know, or you're, you know, you just get a moment yeah. and you're like, Hey man, you could, you could take it the wrong way. But, um, did from, you take it? Did you kind of know at that point not to take it personally? I knew not to take it personally, but, I, but I was hurt. Like, because I don't, I just thought like, that's the logical next step. Right. So the way that it worked is then I, you know, I had been on Robin big for a couple of years. I was on this new TV show. I went and tried to set up meetings with everyone that I could, anyone in LA that I knew that had a clothing brand or anyone that knew, knew. And I pitched it, you know, I said, this is what's called. It's young and reckless. And this is what it's going to look like and blah, blah, blah. And, and I found my business partners and they were these guys that had a brand for like seven years before me, they knew how to do all of the, uh, the manufacturing and distribution, all that stuff. Nice. And um, they got it. Most importantly, they just got it. They saw like, oh, this weird experimental thing. We're, we're down to give it a shot. And they did. And then it worked out. And the last part that I have to add is I am so thankful that Rob said no, because if not, it would have been a, a hand me thing. I wouldn't have known what I was doing and it would have been out of business in two years. Like there's no way it would have lasted. Built it. I built it and it sucked at first, man, but it forced me to now 10 years in, I know this thing, like the back of my hand, I know why we're here. I know what's good and what's bad and we're not going anywhere. And I feel very confident about that. Right. So I gained a business education by him forcing me to go figure it out. You That's know? awesome. Yeah. Where, what's your, uh, what's your breakdown right now from a sales standpoint? Um, you guys are in, Retail through yeah. third party, right? You yeah. don't have, you don't have brick and mortars, right? No. And uh, then 50, 50, 50, 50. Yeah. So it was this. So, uh, you know, we built the brand at retail, right? The way to do it was you go to these retailers, you fly around, you show them your clothes, you try to convince the buyer to buy it. You take them out for a nice steak dinner and you slowly build up shelf space in like Macy's and all these different Pax places. Pax on Zoomies. Pax on's huge yeah. for us. Yeah. And yep. so, um, we did that for six years and then all of a sudden retail started dying. And when retail starts dying, 
everyone starts making really dramatic decisions, right? And in clothing, you have orders out for production months and months and months in advance. So if Macy's says, hey, we can't take that order anymore, I'm sorry, we have it. It's being made and we're on the hook for it, right? And so it was a rough, you know, in like 2015, it was rough, man, because it flips quick. So even if your sales are high, your profit can be real low because you're you're stuck with inventory. You know what I mean? So yeah. at least what, at least you never got into a uh, a point where you're holding a bunch of actual real estate inventory because yeah. that's that's a with the real uh retail apocalypse, a lot of people went out of business because they're yeah. holding on to real estate inventory. We've been lucky to have our showroom and e-com model work very well together. We don't have stores. We have showrooms just yep. like Tesla does or Peloton does. And so you go in, you 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 view the product, then you can go home and order it. But um so yeah, yeah it's, so you have a 50-50 split, huh? Yeah, it used to be 90-10, all, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But when that started happening, we said, okay, well, we got to figure this out. So that meant like, unfortunately, firing a lot of people. We essentially replaced our sales team with like a, you know, media and, and Facebook ad targeting team and um, sw- switched out our whole staff and strategy and put all of our effort into e-com. And now it's instead of 90-10, it's 50-50. And we're finally, you know, back to bigger than our peak year as of last year. And now we're off to the races, right? Like, I mean, obviously it's tough and who knows what's going to happen in, in, in the world, but um, we know what we're doing and we feel pretty confident that we can scale our online business and not have these big traumatic things happen. You're, you're not doing TV yet, right? Like to actual TV ad buys. No. No, that's you guys what, do it. Yeah, it works that's really when, well. That's when the needle will really. It's it's weird because in a society where everybody's pulling the plug. Yeah, well, that's why it, it's so weird because until what, as soon as we turned TV, television ads on, we saw these massive movements in revenue. And yeah. and so I've talked to other brands, Shark Ninja, other brands that have had the same kind of things happen with television. If you, you know, once you get there, dude, yeah. you'll be you'll watch the scale go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. No, that's great. Yeah. yeah. I feel like uh, your brand specifically falls in a separate category. Sure. Like, why, why do influencers do free posts for your brand? Like, I mean, I, you don't have to answer the question, but it's I'm saying like, it's it's I, I even I, even me, bro. I was like four years ago, right? That's how we met. Yeah, I um, I answer like to bifold. Like, I'll give you the quick one. It's it's I think it's a product that they see. They, they want to try to figure out, first of all, how do I get this? I've seen it on social media. And the first thing they want to do is reach out via DM to me. And then the other part of it, it's bifold is managing that relationship. And he'll tell you when he talked to me for the first time, he was expecting some. Oh, I, I was expecting a dweeb. And I, and I yeah. text this dude and like, I like to throw people curve balls to test their character and what kind of human being they are. Yeah. So I was like, yo, like, can you fuck on these things? And he's like, what did you say? I said, uh, the covers are washable. So yeah, you could just wash the cum right out of them. And he, and he was, and he was not expecting that. Yeah. And That's so a good I, balance of like corporate and not, I, I, well, the, we have yeah, bro, machine washable, washable covers. Yeah. And so I rolled a very important brand message into my conversation with him. And it was the first time I'm like, damn, I'm fucking good at this shit. And yeah. so he was like, was like I yeah. want to work with this dude. Yo. And yeah. so that kind of started everything off. And he was, he was the start of an influencer program that has, I can't even describe. Worked with Jay Z. Thank you, love. Or you're welcome, love sack. <laughs> you're very welcome. Worked with Jay Z, Ariana Grande, like like pretty much everyone under the sun. Rob Gronkowski, like every influencer, actor, or actress. And so, um, it's been really good for us. But the media, dude, like, yeah. Once you start cranking that stuff, man, it's uh, it's gonna yeah. get fun for you quick. Yeah, you're yeah, gonna yeah. be doing some fun shit. Yeah. So how did how did you? I don't know the uh, regulations or the rules, but how was MTV okay with you? marketing a product using their distribution mm-hmm. outlet mm-hmm. and them not taking a cut or did they? 
No, I'll tell you two ways that I got really lucky. Uh, number one, they just weren't very savvy to that. Idiots. You know? <laughs> Morons, <laughs> I think bro. That they, after, you know, shortly after that, they had a lot of shows with products and they did take integration. Now, that being said, not to totally diss them, they... Might have usually, but because Rob had so many sponsors, he he had, you know, DC stuff all over the oh, place. And yeah. So he wrote yeah. out that obviously you're not going to get a piece of what DC sells. That's our Monster Energy or Red Bull, right? Like those are just his sponsors. So there was already things in our agreements that were, you know, they didn't partake in any increased sales from brands featured on the show. So we got lucky, lucky, <laughs> big Damn. time lucky. I, I, got a, I got a question for you that's a... Um, a turn here uh that it's, it's not a happy one what was uh what was the passing of chris like for you it was tough man it was really tough it was um that was the first real adult friend that i that i've lost you know uh we're talking about big black by the way yeah Just, big I, black yeah, yeah. yeah cuz i think you know when i was young i, I had some friends pass away and and then as you get older, you know, people you know pass away and stuff like that. And, it, and it's obviously always terrible. But that was like my dude. You know, like when I moved here and I got off the plane and went over to their house to hang out, like it was like Robin Big before the cameras. Like the, they were just hanging out, barbecuing and hanging out. And like literally I would sit with him until three, four in the morning and talk about girl troubles or, you know I mean? We had a relationship on that level for many, many years. And so that was the first one. And it affected me way deeper than I thought, you know, like we're all tough guys. I think that when something like that happens, you're like, man, you know, that sucks. I'm going to keep on trucking. And there was a day when I was driving to the office and I just started crying, like really crying. And I, and I don't, I'm not really a big crier. And I was like, man, this is crazy. So yeah, it was rough, man. It, he was just so, I mean, you saw him, he made millions of people love him, right? Because of his spirit. And I think like being around him, you felt that even more. And being his friend, you felt that even more. And I think it's a, it's not the type of, you think someone like that's going to live forever, you know? And so when that happens, it, it was, it did, sucked. Did he ever give you something that you still hold on with you to this day? Like any piece of advice or just a moment? It's just more his attitude. You know, he's so freaking tough. And I don't mean like, yeah, obviously he's tough. He's a 6'4", like 350 pound black guy. He's, he's, he's been through so much stuff. Like he dealt with real, real, real racism growing up in Mississippi and a little bit in Chicago. And, and he just had a, you know, and obviously he was a super big guy. And even when Robin Big launched, like everyone would notice him first. Anywhere he went, people were on him because yeah. he, he spotted him from a mile away. And I think that was the biggest thing is when it came to life struggles, girl struggles when I was young and didn't know what to do, work, any of that stuff. It was just this sense of toughness that you knew how much he had been through and he's still able to like take his shirt off and dance like a stripper. You know what I'm saying? You're like, man, that's the way to deal like with per a rough, perspective, you know. Perspective. Yeah. It's, it's actually something I, wow. I, I talk to uh, these guys a lot about too. And I, I, I've mentioned it slightly before and I've talked about it a bunch of times lately, but I, I have been through some trauma myself and um, I would always kind of take that trauma and I would, I would bring it up in myself and think like, Oh, like I've been through this or that. And I, yeah. uh, a couple of years back, I met this guy, Travis Mills in, uh, in Maine. Uh, he's a, he's a veteran mm -hmm. that lost all four limbs yeah. in Afghanistan yeah. and, uh, from an IED attack. And, uh, that perspective, yeah. 
was was helpful for me to remember how well I have it. Yeah, you know. So I think it's it's probably. And when you see similar. people like that that are so like smiley and fun to be the around, you're like, person and I'm I, yeah. in a bad mood. Yeah. How, how did he come up to you? He came like, up to me. He had a his prosthetic hand, mm-hmm. and uh, he he entered the room, and you just felt this presence. And yeah. he's a big you know army guy, and he com- and he comes up, and uh, he he goes, "Good to meet you." And he went to shake my hand, and I grabbed it so lightly, and he goes, "Oh my god!" Oh, and starts screaming, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Dude, I fucked up. And then he goes, gotcha. And I go, if this dude is that happy, that positive playing games and, and by the way, running a retreat that, uh, that is helping other wounded people get back to life. Like Like what the hell, what am I going through? Yeah. 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 Yeah, It was, that was, that was the thing. You know, I can't remember any one thing specifically, but man, he was a good dude. That that fucked uh, Jake and I up Uh, um, because I mean, beyond just watching the shows, uh, influence a lot of what we do like man I'll t- you'll see when we walk around it's it has the same vibe as like fantasy yeah, factory and yeah. um you know what's funny is when i posted about him everyone was tagging you and we didn't we don't know each other right and so everyone was tagging you in my photo and i'm like what is going on and so i reached out to uh amanda cerny and i was like hey i don't we made these like shirts uh with big black on them for like a memorial and and uh if logan wants some like i'll send a bunch and she was like oh he only wears his own merch <laughs> she didn't even ask me. She was like, "Yeah, sorry." She, she didn't even ask me. I think I might still have some. Well, that's very true. For the most, that part. would have been great. Yeah, but yeah. I just assumed because everyone was tagging you, and I'm like, "Why is everyone tagging Logan Paul in my photo?" But I assume that's why. Uh, I have a theory. Is it because of me and Evan? Like we sort of. Oh yeah, I mean, maybe because one my, my roommate um, Evan, also my best friend, mm-hmm. is a dwarf, so it's like. Oh, yeah, I've seen it's it. the smaller version of Robin Big <laughs> yeah. in our own type of content. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're always fucking around. And by dude. the way, people tag him also in everything. Like, yeah. I, it's just, it's like, you oh, just really? get tagged in it. Yeah. I, no, I feel like that's what it is. It probably I feel like that's is. What you it even is. see yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. He, they just released a new web series called Best Friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's been a part of your life for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Plus, you guys, I mean, you guys influenced a whole generation yeah. through what you did. <sighs> Like it's gnarly, man. I'll tell you, like for me, looking back on it, it's like super trippy because for us, like, you know, for you guys and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, I feel like you guys built up, like you started a follow, you got a following, you blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden you have this thing that's insane. You know, for us, it was like, oh, uh, we could maybe do someone saying maybe we could do like a TV show. And then like they put cameras in the house, but this is before like YouTube or any of that. And so we start filming ourselves just messing around, but it's all worthless content. Then a writer comes in. The point is it gets to the point where Robin Big was nine different pilots shot, edited and sent to MTV all denied before the 10th one was finally approved. Wow. And when it got approved, Jeff Tremaine said to me, look, man, like your guy's life is going to change. Like people are going to recognize you out in the street and blah, blah, blah. And that seemed like the craziest thing in the world to me. I was like, no way, dude. And and sure enough, it hit. And Robin Big especially, and Fantasy Factory too, but Robin Big was such a phenomenon. Massive. Like when MTV was at the biggest and it was this different thing for MTV. And like, it's so weird to now look back at it and be like, man, I was a part, part of, of something that. crazy, yeah. you know? Because yeah, we didn't absolutely. plan it. We didn't know what we were making. Is it uh? Is it weird or does it ever get um, annoying when people bring it up? I'm always hesitant to 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 bring up uh, work XYZ has done in the past, yeah. if, especially if it's like a staple of how people know them. Yeah. For me, no, number one, if we're doing a podcast, obviously about like my my story, 
obviously it's it's going to come up so it doesn't bother me. So we're good. It was for years. <laughs> for years, people would be like, what's up with the mini horse? And you're like, damn it, dude, I'm trying to buy some new shoes. You know, like it sucked. But that doesn't happen anymore. You go into like an investor <laughs> meeting. Drama? You know, because like everyone would treat me like I'm their little homie. You know, oh. so they'd be like, drama, shut up, dude. And I'm like, what? I'm on the phone. You know, like <laughs> they're like coming up to you and you're like girlfriend or wife or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, yo, you're going to smash drama. Yeah, and you're like, bro, I'm 32 drama. fucking like, <laughs> yeah. shut up, dude. <laughs> but yeah, now, I, now I'm very, very very like grateful for it and like can look back at it from a different perspective is it a, is it a girlfriend girlfriend you got a girlfriend yeah, right? yeah, yeah 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 it must be nice yeah man. what's that like That's you probably. guys all single cool no i'm i'm dating as well the trusty vegan yeah the trusty right. vegan though didn't take his girlfriend out on a Valentine's Day. Yeah. And today's her birthday. And also, what are your plans, Spencer? She's working till 10, and then I'm going to go hang out and oh, take her out. You need out, a right? surprise. Show up with flowers. All right, what should I do? Let's figure it out right now. Show up with flowers okay. and vegan chocolate. Some soy. Okay. Is she Anything vegan too? Yeah, yeah. yeah, she is. Oh, you get her like an amazing vegan meal. I don't know if that exists. <laughs> Make <it> does. Make <laughs> roses out of heads of lettuce. Bro. Bring her to Crossroads. <sighs> I mean, you got to do something. Trust oh, us. Oh, I. I'm listening. I'm here. I yeah. need help, boys. Yeah. You got to do flowers. You got to do a nice vegan meal. You okay. got to like, you'd be okay. like, oh, babe. And then like when you talk to her, be like, yeah, I don't know. Like I had a long day. I was podcasting. Like I'll yeah. just see you when I see you. And then, bam. Surprise. Looks like oh, a great dude. Right. Actually, is there a way to bring flowers, which like technically they're plants and then actually eat them? Mm. Because I'll look into it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll look into it. Yeah. yeah. Write her a note too. That could happen. Do you, ever, do you ever have a girlfriend that you were talking to that, uh, you split off with and it seemed like it was like an amicable split and like you guys were going separate ways and everything was good and then you they do something like fucked up bro with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've been pretty lucky, man. I, when I break up, I don't, like, I unfollow. I don't check pages. Like, I try not to feed into any of that. Because yeah. that can happen Disconnect. so easily. And the moment you, you know, feed into anything, you're just lighten that thing back up. You know what I mean? And so I, I have been very fortunate. That's how I'm the same way as you with that. I, yeah. I, I tell people, I told him and, and plenty of other people, like when I, when I put a bandaid on that wound and I start to see it heal over, I'm not pulling that scab back. Yeah, off, but I don't want to revisit that shit. You um, That's the big mistake yeah. that everyone makes. Yeah. I think if you watch the scab heal without a bandaid, it makes you tough as nails, dude. And like, I'm sort of a masochist in that way. Like, like, what do you mean by that? Like, say I get hurt. Let's go into analogy land right now. <laughs> say I got the, the scab of breakup, the yeah. wound of breakup. Okay. And it's like starting to heal. Man, I might scratch it a little bit. Might What's that mean? It. Like text? Like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. My or like maybe. a FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. And then, and then, you know, it's a wound again, a little bigger this time and ugly and disgusting and smelly. But then you got yourself then, a scar. Yeah. Now you got a scar. And they have a scar forever. Yo, that's Logan. tight though. That's tight. Scars. Okay. Scars mean, are... are but one day you're going to meet your wife and you're going to have all these damn scars all over the place. Yeah. And she's going to be like, man, I love Ooh. you, Logan. You think you a scar is worse than this fucking squirtle tattoo next to my dick? <laughs> Why do you have that? Because <laughs> I got, I love Pokemon. Okay. I'm kind of quirky. Okay. Like I am quirky. I'm a, I'm a geek and like I grew up loving Pokemon until like even now. And uh, his name is Squirtle and it's next to my dick. 
Okay. It's a funny, it's good enough for it's me. It's got a, it's a rich story right there. <laughs> yeah, I don't need any more. We were we were talking <laughs> we were talking a lot about um, you know, the fact that you have a business, it's thriving, but I think something that's interesting because I've been following your journey for a while. Um, you you started getting really deep into personal development. Yeah. And I feel like you I don't want to discount that journey. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you like what motivated you to get into self-development and yep. to into becoming the best version of yourself? Because I got to believe that if you didn't do that, yep. Young and Reckless probably wouldn't be where it's at. No chance. Uh, this is what it looked like for me. I think that I moved out here when I was uh, 18. I I uh, had a lot of success early. You know, I was kind of a part of all these shows and doing all this stuff. And But I still had so many bad habits and I did not have the tools to be like, really successful and happy and balanced and like really be a good person. And so I think, like I said, I was smoking cigarettes and, and, uh, and just super unhealthy and all this stuff. And I think what really ended up happening for me is in around 2015, when retail started having trouble and our business got just clobbered, that took a huge toll on me. And I got real unhealthy. Like I was every night just chugging wine at my house by myself, like mentally unhealthy, just wondering what it was all for. What am I even doing? What is the whole, maybe Ohio's better for me than California. I don't need any of this. And it was really like not good and dark and not anywhere where I ever saw myself going. Like I had these ideas of myself um, being successful and being all these things and whatever. But so the point is, I went through this patch. It lasted about, you know, real bad for probably six months. And I, um, I just slowly started turning it around. I slowly started working out a little bit. I slowly started learning about meditation. I always thought meditation was the weirdest hippie Buddhist. I didn't know what it was, but it wasn't for me. Right. And, um, I learned about it and, and started using it. And then, um, uh, literally like I have my boy who like acts as my, life coach. And I always thought life coach meant like, oh, like you have like a drug problem or something that you yeah, need yeah. someone or whatever. It's just keeping me accountable to goals and setting goals. And where am I going with my business? And how am I planning on getting there and all that stuff? And I think it just sent me into this journey of reading a crazy amount of books, having guests on my podcast that could help me with this thing and just learning how to have these tools. It's, it's like, I think some, I don't want to say like, oh, poor me and other people have it better, but some families, uh, maybe they're high level executives or something like that in business and they can train their kids how to be super, super successful, right? That's not where I come from. And so even though I thought I was super sick at like 26 years old, you know, I was just killing it. I didn't have the tools. I didn't, I couldn't talk about any of this stuff and, and it all added up and it imploded. And I think it put me in a real bad place. So now I just love it. Like, I think that, you know, I'm not like a weird, like I said, a weird hippie guy and, and, and that sort of thing. But I just, there's so much you can learn about, um, about improving yourself and calming your mind and not going crazy and setting goals and being grateful for your life. And they really do help. And I wish we learned it like in school or something, but yeah. we don't. So. That's what yeah. he's working You're on. You're talking up his, that's yeah. what he's working yeah. on. Yeah, if you could start a school where you do that. I, yeah, there's. I'm working on a documentary about education. Yeah. And so I've been, I've got a bunch of schools that I'm visiting in the next couple of months, but it's just wild. It, I mean, it, education, especially in America was designed to, to create factory workers. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we, we don't live in that society. So we read the same books that our parents read. Mm -hmm. And what happens is our kids and us, like we went to school and hated school. Mm -hmm. Like we, we didn't have fun. Some mm -hmm. people, you know, you like school, but 
it's still, you know, you're yep. trudging through it. Yep. And school's meant to, education is never meant to stop. Mm-hmm. So I think what you've tapped into is true education. Yeah. yeah and I think that yeah. the, the stuff you hear in school is just such a fraction of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, here's algebra, here's whatever. Like, there's nothing about how to set goals or how to, like the fact that your mindset is something that is changeable and that you can work on it and exercise it like a muscle and you can become more thankful for your life and you can, you know, all these different things. I heard a rumor that you had like affirmations or something you used to do. Is that true? Yeah, man. Um, When I was in high school, I wrote down on a piece of paper, I will be the most successful person I know. And I uh, hung it on the mirror. Yeah. By the way, fuck does that mean? What like yeah. what, is it? Yeah. Is that monetary? Is that like a population thing? Yeah. I don't know, but I just had this burning, burning desire to win yeah. and achieve success. And uh, I would repeat it to myself in the morning and night every time, ten times a day. Yeah, and uh, it came true in in the most wild way possible. Yeah, and, and I remember when I wrote down my first goal ever. Which was to uh, which was to buy a laptop, the laptop that I that I got that I started editing videos on. Mm-hmm. I just I wrote it down and I was like, this is never gonna happen. This is like it's like a twelve hundred dollar laptop. What? How am I gonna get this money? Then when it came true, I realized the power of creating a goal. Yeah, because yeah. now I had something to look forward to that I needed to make happen because it was on a piece of paper. Yeah, gets you moving. I'm, I'm 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 extremely into that. And actually, after this podcast ends, I'm gonna go write a couple and uh, hang the new ones up on, on yeah. the mirror for 2019. When I met Logan for the first time, I walked into 1600 Vine. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I think it was like the first time we met. Um, I came over and there was a Christmas tree that had a dildo as the angel and condoms uh, on all the branches. Yeah. Yep. He got, said, yes. Got, yeah. Yeah, got so that caught me. I mean, I was like, this dude does it different for yeah. sure. It's not a normal Christmas tree. Be uh, and then uh, we ended up, I ended up helping him film some videos and we were shooting a little skit with Maverick. And I like saw on his mirror in the bathroom, he yeah. had like a sticky note. That said, I'll be the number one entertainer yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. And I, it, like that to me motivated me. I was yeah. like, I, I was relatively big on affirmations because they've helped me so much. Yeah. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, he's doing it too. Yeah. You know, I thought I was alone yeah, in that man. process. There's a reason why, I mean, growing up, like I said, like growing up skater kid from, from Akron, like that stuff seems so weird. You yeah. know, it's just so like, oh, I don't know, man. That's some weird spiritual, I don't know. There's a reason why so many successful people have the same story, right? There's a reason why these things work. And I think it's something that I wish we could sort of take the weirdness out of and just teach people how to do it. Like a like it's a course or something. Yeah. And you'd be amazed at how much just because all you're doing is focusing your brain every day on what you want to do. It's, it's funny you say that because I think because uh, I am uh, probably out of the three of us, uh, the least developed in personal development yeah. and goal setting and, and those kind of things. And I've, I've for, for reasons other than laziness and, and other people's reasons, a lot of the time yeah. because of things that I've been through and things that have taken the priority of my time and, and, and effort. Um, but I think similarly to you, I found out the power of goal setting and key performance indicators and yeah. stuff from business. Yeah. And now I have to get a little bit smarter and just apply those same tactics to real life. Yeah. Yeah. And set a strategic, you know, five year, set a five year strategy, set a tactical, 
you know, yeah. routine with daily goals and so on and so forth. I still haven't done it or done a good job of it. But uh, it's funny to hear from someone like you that kind of learned how to do it from a business stance first yeah, yeah. and then just apply it to your personal sure. life. And then, you know, it's just like anything. You dive into one book. And then there's three more that come out of that. And then you find a podcast and then you find it. Like if you want to go down that road, you can go down it pretty easy. And I think like it's shocking how much information there is out there and how just it's just another world that you just you're just not taught to think of the world that way. Right. You yeah. think like learn, learn, learn. Some are lucky. Some aren't. I don't know. Work hard. We'll there's, see a, what <laughs> you know what I mean? there's a lot of science being conducted right now that shows like seventh grade as the cutoff period where Seventh grade is usually where imagination dies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you sounds horrible, that sounds so sad. It's yeah. what happens though, <laughs> unfortunately, because we focus so much on standardized testing and preparing yeah. kids to know certain things that. And I would argue applicable. too that it dies because you tell them it's not worth it. It's there's nothing to it. Absolutely, you tell them like kill that, learn math. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think we kill it. It doesn't, I think you can get it back. Like yeah. look at I, Walt I think, Disney, right? Like you can't tell me his imagination was dead. At and I think like the kids who are the reckless ones in a sense or, yeah. or the Mavericks are the ones like us that end up yeah. like, you're such a rebel. You're getting in so much trouble in high school or whatever yeah. that you end up being successful because you're so against that conformity. Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. You know, there's so. that saying. The ones who think they're crazy enough to change the world are the ones who actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a belief. I, I always feel weird when uh, a girl, stranger, like even for you, you for example, uh, walk into my bathroom and they see, you know, I will be the biggest uh, entertainer in the world. Um, I will beat KSI on August 25th. I'm like, man, what do these people think? Like, they probably think I'm a crazy man, but yeah. at the same to token, I fucking am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. I want to go to an audio only Q&A. I'm going to end the visual right here. But yo, Chris, thank you for coming on, Thanks dude. for having Where me, can man. they find you on social media? Uh, drama on Instagram and uh, short story long on uh, for my podcast. Of course. Nice. Shout out Ohio. Couple Ohio boys in the house. There we are. Hit that subscribe button. Audio only Q&A on Spotify and iTunes right now. Impulsive the number one podcast in the world. Thank you guys for listening. Take it easy. Peace. <laughs> the number one podcast in the world, baby. We do that it's on true. ours too. No, you do? Yeah. <laughs> we say, listen, this is based on hard data. <laughs> we say the same shit. Yeah. We say the same shit. The, the guests are like, is it really? We're like, yeah, of, of course. Of course it is. Of course it is. There's, a, there's like a, there's an <laughs> island where all the number one podcasts exist. <laughs> yes. Obviously, yeah, it's good, it's good knowing you're yeah. on it with us. Yeah. Yeah. So you do, you do podcasts. I do. Two, one or two? Two. Okay. How you making money, man? Because... <laughs> We have yet to make any money from sponsors. <laughs> we're, we're, we're working on it. We've had some offers, but they've just haven't been the right ones. Yeah. But we'll we'll get there. You just started though, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just started doing I've done mine for two years. And I when I first started it, I wanted it to be like just for the love of the game, right? Like I have a business, it does well. I'm I'm able to share this thing with everyone for free. And but it just got to a size where I was like, okay, this is just stupid, right? Like I yeah. should start doing ads and stuff. So I'm yeah. just now figuring that out. But, yeah. you know, it's just right now it's just ad reads for like LinkedIn and yeah. this thing, which I'm trying to kind of avoid. LinkedIn, <laughs> reach out. Reach out. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Some money in the funnel. We got an audience that will move from A to B. Uh, you have a favorite podcast guest that you've had on? Mm. Had some big ones. I've had dude. some big ones. Must have been fun to do Gary Vee. Gary Vee was great. I just think that Gary Vee, uh, he has so much content and he has his thing kind of dialed yeah. that you kind of, you know, he got, I got a little bit of a different angle from him, but um, 
I think uh, I had Charlemagne the God. I love him. Last I'm night. just a legitimate fan Hell of his. Yeah. yeah. And then this is kind of the the dorky one, but I my last two guests ago was um, Robert Greene, who wrote the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Oh yeah. And like he was so good, and he was yeah. so nice, and I was sitting across from him, and I'm like. Man, like I don't feel like I should be able to talk to you. Is like, he like is I, he super intense? Like like no. just no. He's really sweet. So because of the because saying you're saying because of the, the like con- yeah, so like he said content. like I understand that this the book seems kind of evil, but yeah. it's I'm just telling you how people are using power. I don't do this, right? Yeah. You know, you're like I don't believe you. Yeah, because <laughs> like if you read that, you're like, yo, th- like I I thought it was written by like some dictator or yeah, some shit 100 you know he's a nice older man that's yeah. just sweet as can be what so, are what are i was just gonna say uh, regarding the 48 laws of power um someone someone gave me that book mm-hmm. and um i don't love reading text mm-hmm. from other people because in my mind i've sort of came up with the notion that what qualifies them to give me advice on anything mm-hmm. I, I like figuring stuff out for myself and granted i'm always um down for a mentor mm-hmm. but this book specifically I, I opened it up i started reading it and yeah. um rule number one was i'm looking at it right now never outshine the master and then i was like mm, okay so then I, I read the breakdown of it and uh i disagree with that and disagree with it right off the bat so i stopped reading yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta read the, the rest of it it's 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 wild like number 15 is always stuck out to me uh crush your your opponent totally mm-hmm. and so like it's about making sure that like every piece of ember that exists within your opponent is completely extinguished mm-hmm. because when they come back they will come back with a vengeance that you've not seen before yeah and so you need to apply that to your next fight with ksi like you I need mean, to, obviously, you need to obviously extinguish him. Bro, yeah, I think completely. the way that it applies, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think the way it applies, not to speak for him, but is like, if you had this, you have this house and you have your platform and you have everything you have, but one of the homies just couldn't help but try to like, yeah, but you know, me, Bob, check out my podcast. You'd be like, yo, you're out of here. You're gone. So now your whole opportunity is lost because Logan just fired you, right? And I think that's kind of the advice. It's like, but what if that person is capable of, Hosting a better podcast than me. <laughs> then when the time's right, you you leave and like you Mike. do it. I'm sure I'll have a podcast. Sure, but so I'm sure him? that one day Mike will <laughs> breach this contract and, and, and start his and own in, podcast. And, in and it'll three be a days. Hit. In three, three days, days he'll be out. gone. Yeah, yeah. He has three days to leave. Now we 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 luckily have a uh have a bad it, it's an interesting thing here, man. It really is. Like I think uh I don't know that we'll be able to get into it enough today, but the the relationship of of roommates, mm-hmm. work, like associates, and and literally best friends slash family is uh, unhealthy. It's, it, it can it can be, <laughs> it's a but nightmare. It's, it can be, but it's uh, it's also like uh, you have to be very cautious, like like with it. For example, like he'll um, he'll have notes to me that are personal notes Mm -hmm. for like, we'll be out at a party and he'll go to tell me something and he'll use like the words like 10 to 15% better or worse, like to describe something I'm doing at the club. And I'm like, and, and, and he's like, take, he's like, listen, man, take the fucking note. I said 10 to 15%. And I'm like, bro, like, I don't know if I can apply that. I don't want to get too much into it, but it's like, it, say like um like say like dancing? I, say like I, yeah like, like dance, for example ten percent better no say I drank too much Red Bull which <laughs> happens okay and I'm like just hey man like like owning a conversation yeah. that's not mine yep he's like hey man why don't you dial it back about ten to fifteen percent that's a good but it's, great but it's also not it's a, a great it's not a business thing no 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 it's no, no a, I'm not yo, saying yo you're being obnoxious right, in a group of people right and like, I'm not saying I'm that I'm not help. saying it's just funny yeah uh 
Because it is a business like no. It's a, the way he makes it. And so it's funny how like all of them play together. But yeah, also, you know I tell yeah. him, please do the same to him. Yeah. As much as you can, yeah. please give me notes. They're my favorite thing in the world. They are literally my favorite thing in the world because I either agree with them or I don't. And if I do agree with them, I've just became better yeah. in a way. Yeah, I, I, think, I, yeah. I think that's, that's what a- keeps us sane at the house is respect, too. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, like there's nothing um, that's like a personal jab. Like even if there's like heated moments, yeah. like we, we can always together, like, yeah. you know, calm yeah. heads prevail. Yeah. And he... uh he, uh, it, it, it's funny because there's a, one of the things we've bonded over to a point that we're literally like brothers is, uh, I, I have never been a yes man to him. Yeah. Like when he, like he'll, he'll show a lot of times a, a room of, of people or a group of people things. And they're like, that's amazing. That's like, do it, Logan, do it. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, like that's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. And that's like, he loves that. Yeah. And like, so there's always, there's always people online that are like, how does it feel being a yes man? Yeah, to look? Yeah, I'm yeah. like, bro, you have no fucking clue. And he yeah. says it too, dude. He's like, he's the exact opposite. Yeah. He's like the no man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important, man. It's hard, really hard what you guys are doing. Meaning truly being friends, working together, doing all this stuff. It's difficult, but little things like notes and that type of stuff will make it work. Yeah. Truth. I feel like I'm like a relationship. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, dude. just keeping honest with each other. Is, <laughs> is there anyone from Ohio that you're tight with? Like you, you ever hang out with like MGK or LeBron? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I have a funny LeBron story when I, so I'm from Akron. LeBron's from Akron. LeBron's I think two years ahead of me in school. My dad is a photographer, uh, shoots like, you know, your senior pictures and all that stuff, yeah. the sports teams at your school. And, uh, he, he would always come to me and be like, you really should come watch this kid LeBron play. In high, in high when school, he was in St. Vincent, St. Mary. Yeah, and I was like, Dad, I don't care about some basketball player. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because I was, up. you know, like, and and he was like, I'm telling you, Christopher, you should really whatever. And I'm like, Dad, <laughs> leave me alone. So then, literally, my parents shot the first photos of LeBron, his wife, and their first baby at their studio, and like one of those cheesy photography You're backgrounds. Lying. And my dad was like, Christopher, you should really come meet LeBron today. And I'm like, Dad enough about this stupid high school basketball player. I don't care. And then it ends up being LeBron. No. I could just, that could have been my friend. That could have been my like, I could just see you like, boys with LeBron right now. That could now. be my Akron homie. Oh my God, you fucked up. Why didn't you go? <laughs> so bad. Why didn't you go? Because I thought like, what, he's a good basketball player at St. V? I don't even well, like I basketball. Also, yeah. Like, why would I go? I didn't understand. Uh, then he was on Sports Illustrated. Remember that famous high school yep, cover? And yep. I was like, shit, it's too late. I already blew it. <laughs> How old were you? I was probably 16. All right. So here's my, my thought on it. I, I, when I was, when I started riding BMX and I was at Woodward every summer, you know what I'm saying? In Pennsylvania. And so people would be like, Hey man, like my dad would be like, Hey, there's a real great hockey game going on this weekend. I would be like, Hey dad, do me a favor. Fuck off, (laughs) dude. And I'll get on my bike and I'll go down the street and and grind shit. Yep. Same thing. And so I'm thinking your dad was like, you got a good chance to meet this here LBJ. And you're like, dad, I'm getting my skateboard and I'm fucking out of here. Yeah, like enough with this shit. And then, uh, so anyway, then he ended up becoming LeBron. And then uh, Machine Gun Kelly is my homie. I love him. Oh, tight. But we, I didn't know him in Ohio. I met him after I had already moved out here. I feel like that photo is probably worth something too right now. Does your dad still have that? (laughs) He does, right? When you walk in his studio, it's like just LeBron and his wife and their firstborn child. That's, I mean, that's, get that signed and that's. 100%. My dad's just one of those like two honest, like Ohio guys. Like I will not. It's amazing. I'm not gonna it's good to know that there's still we we uh we saw LeBron recently uh at Hyde, believe it or not, back yep. to the topic. Yep. And he was uh 
Like he was he was drinking some wine, just like kind of bopping, dude. Yeah. And it, but it was it was interesting. Like, uh, was that back when he got uh, well, he was injured? Well, he was hurt, though, right? yeah. yeah. And I, I, it's funny, like whenever you see like those guys out, because like you always see like your your yeah. pseudo celebs out, like yeah. your you know pseudo athletes or whatever, you know, or extreme sports, whatever. And yeah. uh, but like we were, you know, next table over from him, and he's just like. You know, dancing yeah. with his bottle of wine and shit. I'm like, yeah, that's LeBron. Right yeah, there. he's pretty cool. You can't take that away from him. He's he's one of my favorites. Yeah, he's just it's too good. Too. But yeah, could have been my bro. best friend. So instead, uh, <laughs> I just have normal. You best got your skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll end there. Thank you again, Chris. Thank you guys. This was great. Impulsive, the number one podcast in the world. Thank you guys for listening. Take it easy. Peace. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.